This is Vito LaBella. Vito LaBella, fighting for New York. I'm Vito LaBella. Vito LaBella, fighting for New York, where we talk to everyday New Yorkers who take a break from their busy lives to fight for the city and the state that they love. Today, my guest is retired Marine Sergeant Gonzalo Duran, a combat veteran in Iraq and a fellow candidate for city council. Gonzalo is in the 38th, I'm in the 43rd. Gonzalo, welcome. Tell us about yourself. Well, my name is Gonzalo Duran. I'm a former United States Marine Sergeant. I'm currently the district, or excuse me, I'm currently the Chief Executive Officer for Devil Dog USA, and I was just recently appointed the district leader for the 79th district. And I'm running for City Council District 17 in the Bronx. Well, thank you, thank you. So your work in the community, you're doing um, voter registration, voter outreach, trying to get awareness. We had a super low turnout in the primary. This is expected to be uh, a very low turnout election because it's an off-off year. There's no a gubernatorial, presidential, or mayoral candidate. So we're on the top of the ticket. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, Gonzalo, whoever you're running against, and, and Vito LaBella, and whoever I'm running against. Um, so, yeah, so, so what strategies are you using to, to, to get to the community and, and to get where they are so that you can get them to participate? So, well, first I'd like to step back just a little bit. Yeah. You know, for city council so that the public know, that I believe, I can't remember the top of my head, but I believe there's 41 city councils. 51. 51, and only less than less than 30 are even being challenged. So that means most of the people that are the incumbents are just walking into this um, after the, the, the these years that we've had with them already for so long. Um, so when I saw that and I said to myself, you know, this year I'm gonna play a different ball game. Not only am I gonna attack it in one way, but I talk, I've attacked it in multiple ways. So, for example, uh, working with the Bronx Veteran Political Party, which is a nonprofit that is trying to increase the, vis- the voter registration for veterans and the community members, um, organ donation, and also um, anything else that they can do to um, further civic engagement. So that's one aspect of it. Um, recently, I was endorsed by the, the Bronx County um, Conservative Party. Now, most people say, like, well, well you're in the Conservative Party, so we don't expect much. But what I did was I took um, the position for district leader. You know, first I petitioned for it, and then when I got it, I said, you know what, now let me take the step to bring in more people with me to try to build a bigger foundation um, and a reputation to build it up and now expand that even more. So right now, we I started the South Bronx uh, Conservative Party mm-hmm. um, group, and we helped assess maybe roughly, um, I wanna say about anywhere between five to 13 individuals to run under the Conservative Party into um, these upcoming um, lower level elected positions. And the goal is to now have a whole unified South Bronx with um, individuals elected within the urban community. So then my next step after that will be to try to take over the the whole Bronx. Um, In that capacity, I'm doing events with my party now, um, doing giving out awards, making the scene that you know we're already in the position, mm-hmm. no different than any um, incumbent in an office right now. Yeah. So look, I mean, it seems like that Democrats outnumber Republicans, conservatives, what eight to one, ten to one in the Bronx. I I can't even imagine. It's probably even higher than that. Um, it seems like everyone's told when they come here from wherever. Um, you got to register as a Democrat. 
What's some of your arguments to counter that and make um, make the Republican conservative parties more attractive, especially to Hispanic voters? Well, you know, that, that statement right there is solidified. It's certified that when individuals come to this country, mm -hmm. um, they are already indoctrinated that the Democratic Party is the way to go. And it's in the, the mindset that if, and I've, I've verified this with um, reaching out to not only the, the masses, but also the constituents within my district. And for them, it's the, the mindset is the Democrats are for the poor and the Republicans are for the rich. And which is not entirely like that. You have to think of it more as uh, ideologies instead of uh, financial uh, perspective only. Uh, with that being said, um, recently, part of my job as a nonprofit is help individuals um, um, you know, come to you know, become documented. Um, I recently helped out an individual who was been into this country for maybe roughly 15 years, and she had a green card, but she wasn't. She was on the ropes of um, registering to be uh, a citizen. So I told her all the things and steps, and then next thing I know, the next step was she wanted to vote. So I said, "Well, let's talk about this. What do you? What do you? What's your goal? What do you want to do?" Who are you looking into? And most people don't know who their elected officials are, and the ones that um, that you talk to most of the time, unfortunately, they're so sick of where the system is. They'll just say, "It doesn't matter to me who's going to be in or what's going on. Just whatever. Just leave it alone." So, giving that information to the community member, she um, registered as a conservative, and now she's an elected official within the lower party. Um, and that's my goal, one step at a time. But now I have another person to back me up. And now with those individuals coming in together, it gives them more opportunities to branch out. No different than a missionary, you know, worker. Yeah. Like that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Now, there's there's issues that you know. Uh, I'm involved in the schools, right? I was a uh, retired lieutenant at uh, NYPD 32 years, and when I retired, uh, I got involved in education advocacy. And, you know, that is a rabbit hole that you go down and you just keep getting sucked in. I, to me, it's, it's horrible that 60% of our black and Hispanic kids do not read at grade level. And they want to blame uh, every, everything under the sun. But we know there are, there are charter schools that are, that are doing solid work getting these kids not only at grade level but excelling and they're in the same neighborhoods in the same schools as as the uh, general education kids right next to them so so we know what we have to do you know it's all about structure and discipline and teaching the parents as well as the children starting from kindergarten on up um, uh, how to go about what are the best practices uh, to learn, to make education a priority. Everyone says education is so important to me, uh, but you know what? That's fine, everyone says that, but you gotta read to your child from the time they're born. You have to explain to parents that this is important every single day to do something with your child. And then, you know, school itself has to be longer days, maybe six days a week, especially in, in communities that, that the kids aren't doing as well as more affluent communities. Of course, yes. Uh, this is craziness, but I mean, so, so, but unfortunately, our friends in the Democrat Party, the progressives, they, they only want equity, they only want 
you know, to help brown and black kids if it doesn't piss off the, the teachers union. If it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't interfere with their, their goal of, of, of utopia public schools where they can indoctrinate children. And I know you're familiar with some of the crazy stuff that's going on, especially, you know, many of my community. See, District 43, where I'm running, they advertise it as an Asian opportunity seat, but there's 15% Hispanics in my community. I reach out to them because everybody, no matter how small, deserves to have a voice. You know, I mean, except for me, I don't have a voice. I'm hoping that the post-production guy can make me sound like Morgan Freeman. But, you know, no promises, he told me. Um, but so, I mean, I make sure, like, even my, even my, we're both candidates, so even my campaign literature, it's very important to me because we, we have a Russian population, we have Hispanic population, and Chinese. So all of my work is translated uh, English, Chinese, Russian, Spanish. I make that a point. Because, you know, listen, this is stuff, I was the PTA president for five years, and my first things that I did were make sure that we were reaching out to the communities in their language. It's not their obligation to, to, uh, to learn English, it's our obligation to give them the information in their home language, make sure that they have the information. Mm -hmm. This idea that when my grandparents came, oh, everyone's got to learn English, you know what, you learn English, learn English, it's nice. But, you know, we're one technological innovation away where we all have AirPods in our ears and, and iPhone 27s in our pocket, and I speak to you in, in my home language, and you hear me in yours, and vice versa. And we have a real-time conversation. That technology is right there, and that makes all this nonsense and this divisiveness about language this, language that, it makes it move. It's about helping people, meeting people where they are, and, and bringing them up as best we can. And, and until we get to that point, right now we have to focus on what's going on in the communities. You know, there's a. I, we recently I was endorsed by the Parent Choice Party, which I right. wasn't expecting, nice. because you know I stand in the middle on a lot of of uh, issues. Well, when it came into uh, this this particular situation, you know, right now there are the school officials, administrators, aren't allowed to ask any information on these undocumented individuals coming into the school system. So how do you assess them? How do you get the, let's say, vaccinations or stuff like right. that? You know, those are things that we have to worry about because we're all children of, um, you know, the American dream. We're all immigrants. Huh. But at the same time, not, we, don't, we can't just focus on the ones that are in front of us. We have to think about the ones that have come before, not only just legally, but through the system as well. So for, for me... You know, working as uh, as an executive for a nonprofit, you know, when people walk into my door, you know, I'm not allowed to be prejudiced on uh, any any particular matters. I'm there to help somebody. So when there's a little girl in the winter needing a a jacket because she's freezing wherever she's being um, sheltered, I just want to get that that jacket. How everything comes together is a is the dilemma that we're facing. When you spoke regarding the political, you know, right now. The New York City, I think there's only maybe a handful of non-Democrats, which shows immediately there's an imbalance, and that's why I chose to uh, partner with the Conservative Party, because I want to be that middle ground of trying to bring in some balance. And if you see my work, you'll see that. Uh, but for this specific situation, um, the, uh, the having the, uh, the immigration part... Um, have me as an uh, executive for a nonprofit, 
I'm trying to figure out how can I help these individuals, but at the same time, the political people are just trying to get the funding that it, the, and blame the problem and then act for, for funding at the higher level, at the federal and mm -hmm. state level, when they should be focusing on trying to change some of the problems that we're having at our level and then you know, reaching out, not just creating more influx of debt. And you know, we our budget, we, I'm sure we're are tremendously overpass that, yet they, you can see them begging every couple months saying we need more money from the higher ups, but at the same time, they're continuing letting all these problems continue on. Yeah, yeah. What do you see as the number one issue right now in the, in the Hispanic community, and is it different depending on which neighborhoods you live in the city? Well, every part of um, every neighborhood is very different. I mean, even in the Bronx, there's a difference between you see in the South Bronx and in the North Bronx. But you know, every every section where you see you, I don't want anybody to think, to think you know the Bronx has a negative perspective uh, on it. I can tell you right now, there are beautiful sections all over the Bronx, South Bronx, uh, East Bronx, West Bronx, etc. My biggest situation while I was doing canvassing through all these areas, and I wasn't just doing canvassing in my area, my district, I was going to the neighboring districts to get information and gather. And what I can get from uh, the constituents is that the youth, that's the biggest problem. So one of the things that I did last year was start a mentorship program. You know, I, you know besides being uh, you know, a decorated Marine and executive for over 10 years in the nonprofit world, I'm also a Father of the Year recipient, Advocate of the Year, Veteran of the Year, Humanitarian of the Year, etc. Um, and I even a NASDAQ opener regarding the, the business aspect. You know, I took all that stuff, I made an outline, I made a plan, started a mentorship program where I have anywhere between two to four teens coming into my office for two months intervals to give them, you know, firsthand experience into the, in, in, well, the work that I do personally, and then show them what their capabilities are doing, saying, look, you look just like me, and you can be as successful or more successful. Your point of view of successful is, is, is your choice. You could be wealthy, you could be in a higher position, whatever that thing is, just a, a regular family man and have that opportunity. That's where I want you to get. So for me, the biggest thing is the youth and having, uh, this, once again, this is not me trying to say specifically, but this is what the constituents told me. They want more programs for the youth and they believe that that will um, lessen the crime rate that we have in our communities. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, um, I, I'm, it's very important to me to reach out, like I said, to every community. Um, what do you think as far as, um, I, I know a lot of religious uh, immigrants who are religious, mm -hmm. and they're concerned that some of their, um, some of their beliefs are being um, disregarded. There's a very a cavalier attitude. I, I told people, um, whether you're conservative, religion is conservative Islam, conservative uh, Christianity, conservative Judaism. You know, there is secular and there is religious. And we respect everybody's right to be who they are. And we want to support everybody in every single community. But by the same token, we have to make sure that religious institutions are afforded that same, that same right. I think sometimes the progressive left, um, they kind of like, they make fun of religious institutions and religion in general, and I don't think that's right. I mean, parents, especially in these, they're being told that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of inappropriate contact in school, and it's age inappropriate. And, and parents have a right to know, and if for religious reasons they want to opt out of of certain things, they should have the right to do so. 
but first, you know, they have to be notified. Yes, yes, I agree with you. Um, you know, when it comes to the religious aspect, you know, I'm also a non-denominational chaplain with the work um, Chaplain Workers Task Force, and I had this conversation yesterday in an interview where, you know, uh, <clears throat> first, you know, working with the with the with that organization, the Chaplain Workers Federation, Workers Federation, or excuse me, Workers Chaplains Workers Task Force. Uh, my goal as a director of veteran and community service is to bring more veterans into the church. Now, I'm not trying to force it upon them. What right. I'm trying to do is give them an opening. As a non-denominational chaplain, I have I've taken the knowledge of different religions and try to put that in front of them, just like if I was in the military and working as a chaplain there. Um, you know, when you speak about the church, you know, the church has been in a downfall for many years. And when individuals from other countries are coming and the door is wide open for for them to come in and the church is one of the most particular places because most of the communities in, in the world are Catholics. Mm -hmm. So they're gonna go to that route. Now they also have their own religions and different ones and once and what I've been doing is speaking to these um, the religious leaders and I've seen that a lot of the individuals that are coming that are undocumented into the religion sector, you can see and when you speak to them, they have a lot of traditional values. So when you speak to them, they're not seeing just, once again, the, if you take away the financial aspect of, and you focus on the ideologies of the politics part, you'll see that a lot of their their views happen to be more conservative. Yeah. So, what, once again, getting one by one and expanding that is what I've been trying to do in the communities. That's great. Well, listen, I want to thank you for your service as a, as a Marine Sergeant and for your community service after you're back home. And this is... These are New Yorkers fighting for New York, and uh, Gonzalo, Gonzalo, thank you very much. Well, if I could say one more thing. Absolutely, please. Right now you have, if, you, if you're looking for money for work, or you just want to get involved in civic engagement, right now you have about a week left to be a poll worker, and you can make up to okay. $3,000, and it doesn't matter if you're registered or not to vote, or what party you're in, they will register you on the spot, and then they'll set you in, in your way. So for you to, to, to get that, just go to your board, your local board of election and register in person or go to vote.nyc and check under the voter um, poll workers and then you'll be set right there. Great. And since, since we're talking about voting, um, look, sometimes conservatives, Republicans, they, they say well, we have to vote on election day. We can't think like that anymore. With something called, it's a nationwide movement, bank your vote. Bank your vote. Early voting starts. October 28th, and it goes to November 5th. As soon as you can vote, please do so. Election day, of course, is November 7th, but we need you to take time out of your day. Uh, during the early voting, there's hardly anybody there. Bump, um, jump in after work, after school, before work, before school, um, get it done. And, um, you know, I wouldn't mind if you voted for the conservative candidates in, in whatever district you happen to be in. So I'm Vito Labella and Gonzalo Duran. Thank you so much for joining us in this great discussion. Thank you.